Amen. Tonight, I want to uh, continue from this past Sunday. Uh, I want to shake the tree a little bit more. Uh, I left a lot of lot of meat on the bone, and I want to I want to go back and and pick up and uh, uh, retouch a few things, and then and then teach a few more things from this past Sunday. If you got your Bible, turn to Ezekiel thirty-seven. If you'd stand as we read the word, Ezekiel 37. <clears throat> the hand of the Lord, verse 1, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry and he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again he said to me, He said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath. There was no breath in them. And he also said to me, he said, prophesy, prophesy. This is the second time. He said, prophesy. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on the slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, Breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. He said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore, verse 12, therefore prophesy. It's the third time. Prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. When I have opened your graves, O oh, my people, and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land and you shall know that the Lord have spoken and it performed, it says the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your word. As we once again sit at the table of, of this chapter, Father, I, I ask you for, uh, Lord, just a, an anointing, Lord, a, a kingly anointing, Father, that you would just speak tonight, Father, Lord, and, and, and speak to, to the priest tonight, Lord. Empower them tonight, Father. Empower your people. We want to know what the Spirit is saying, Lord, to the church and to the times that we're living in, for we're living in perilous times. Lord, give us ears so that we can 
hear and understand and make application to what you are teaching us, Father, that it would not be seed that has fallen on the wayside, but on good soil and take root and produce a harvest, Lord. Lord, not for our name's sake, but for thy name's sake, Lord. We love you. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated tonight. Ezekiel 37. Talk to you tonight about this, this, and I just just going to revisit a few things, and, and I'm going to add a little bit uh, uh, from from this past Sunday. Some of it's going to be uh, some material that you've already heard, but but I'm going to add a lot more scripture to it, and I just think it's an important word for us uh, today. The vision of the Valley of Dry Bones has has, as I said Sunday, has been interpreted in many different uh, many different ways. Some say it's the return of the exiles from captivity when they, when they came up and, and Cyrus released them and they began to, to rebuild Israel and the, and the temple and the walls. Some, some take that lane. Others believe it's the restoration of Israel in the end times. That's, that's my personal take on this, that God's going to rebuild Israel and, and, and going to set them up and, and they're going to be a strong nation. Some say it's an analogy of spiritual regeneration. And some say it's the picture of the birth of the church. Regardless as to what your interpretation is, what your stance is, there's, there's one foundation that I, I, I want to build upon that, that I laid this past Sunday. The vision of the Valley of Dry Bones is a powerful picture, a powerful picture of what God can do with something that's dead. Amen? Do you believe it? God can take something that's dead and He can do a turnaround. He's the God of the turnaround. It's a powerful description of a man in a dry, dead situation and God just turning everything around. This past Sunday, I took you, I took you through five dimensions. Five dimensions that, that occurred during this vision. Five powerful dimensions. And if you are a follower of God, a follower of Christ, you have walked through these five dimensions. And I'm going to add two more tonight toward the end of them. But remember, those, those five dimensions that happened to Ezekiel, number one, there was a separation. There was a separation in his life. Separation is very important. God cannot use a man. God cannot use a woman until they yield and say, God, I'm I will separate myself unto you, Lord. Whatever you want to do in my life, Lord, I give you permission to do it. And this is what happened to Ezekiel. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon him and the Spirit took him and led him and caused him. Everything that followed 37.1, all the vision, all the proclamation, all the things, the, the life and the army, it never would have happened. He, Ezekiel never would have saw those things if he would have said, God, I don't want your hand on me. I don't want to be used to you. He never would have experienced that. God needs a man, God needs a woman that says, Lord, I want your hand on me. And I, I, I will, I will, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'm, I want to be separated unto you. And this is, this is foundational even throughout scripture. Acts 13, 2 <clears throat> says this. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, separate. Separate Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have called them. Separate these two men. I have a specific assignment that I want to, 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 for, for these two to perform. Can I tell you, everybody in this room, you have a specific assignment 
that's tailor-made with precision to who you are. It fits you. What you are called, Miss June, what you are called to do doesn't fit me. What I'm called to do doesn't fit you. We were all made with a purpose, with talents, and, 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 and empowered to do those things. Amen? So, what is your calling? What have you been separated to do? Take that home with you. And, and put it in park and think about it. What have I been called to do? What have I been separated to do? Don't try to fit into somebody else's calling. You are unique and special your own way. What's my calling? What's my purpose? What have I been separated to do? Back up on that list again. The, the second place that Ezekiel went was the place of revelation. <coughs> revelation. Revelation is dependent upon separation. What the church needs today is fresh revelation. You will never have fresh revelation until you allow separation to take place. Once Ezekiel allowed it, he received a fresh vision. And I'm here to tell you our world needs fresh revelation of who Jesus is. 1 Samuel 13.1 says this. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And it says, And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Could you imagine living in a time where there was no widespread revelation of the word of God? Look who was in charge there. Eli, the one who lost the Ark of the Covenant. Eli, the one who, who did not... <clears throat> Uh, 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 chastised his two sons for, for their, their vile acts at the porch of the temple with other women. And, and because of this, there was no widespread revelation of the word of the Lord. No revelation in those days. You know, there, there can be a famine, and I think we're experiencing this in many churches today in America. There's a famine not of not of program, not of food, not of water, but there's a famine of the word of the Lord. Yes. It's one thing to have famine of food and water. It's another thing to have famine of the revelation of the word of the Lord. Amos uh, 8, 11 <clears throat> says this, and I wonder if this is right now. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst of water, but of hearing, but of hearing the word of the Lord. You just look what's taking place across the landscape of our country. Where's the word of the Lord? Where's the word of the Lord? Where's the where's the the, the, the preachers in the pulpit that, that are saying, God, are, what are you saying in the season that we're in? Where's the laymen and the laywomen that are in the pew that are saying, Lord, what are you saying right here, right now? Are we, are we trying to hear what God is trying to say? God is always speaking. He's always speaking. But the question is, are we listening? 
to what he is saying. I believe in many parts of, 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 of our country there's a famine of the word of God. Amos 8.11 verse 12 says, They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro seeking the word of the Lord but shall not find it. In that day the fair virgins and the strong men shall faint from thirst because there is not a word from heaven. It's a famine. It's a famine. I can only imagine what happens when the church is raptured up out of here and the Antichrist sits upon the throne leading, leading. I can only imagine it's going to be a lack of the word of God. It's going to be a hard time. It's going to be a vile time. The revelation that Ezekiel received from the Lord was one that caused, and we talked about this Sunday, a confrontation within himself. He was confronted with some things. He was confronted with the question, can these dry bones live? And, and he responded, only you know, Lord. Only you know, Lord. Ezekiel sat in a boneyard and he saw the depths of the deadness and there's a question, can these bones live? Confrontation is a good thing for the development of our faith. Think about this. Think about the confrontation that Abram had when he was 75 years old. Oh, he was confronted with some stuff. Sarah was confronted with some stuff. 75, and the Lord says, you're going to have a son. Abram's like... I don't think so. Do you understand that me and my wife, we are past the age. There was a confrontation within Abram. How can this be? Maybe 10, 15 years earlier? Not right now. How can we? And you know what they did? They laughed. They laughed in disrespect to the word of God. But you know what happened? They had a baby. They had a baby. Confrontation gave way to a baby. We all have those questions that we have to deal with. We have to deal with. <clears throat> I have an aunt right now that's laying with a ventilator and, and she has COVID-19 and, and, and I've been talking with my family all day. What are we going to do? And, you know, probably going to have to take her off the vent tomorrow. There she is. The questions that I have. Lord, how can you let Somebody bring this disease into a nursing home. They should have protocol there for the elderly, Lord. And these questions we're confronted with. We try to reason. What about Peter? What about Peter? He'd been fishing all night. And the Lord says, cast your net on the right side. But Lord, we've been fishing all night. Night. And we've caught nothing. It's not the right time. You don't catch fish in the morning. We've already cleaned the nets. You know what that was? That was a confrontation within Peter. When the Lord said, cast the net, and then Peter had to fight it on the inside. It's confrontation. But you know what the end result was? Nevertheless, at your word, I will cast the net. It's a confrontation. It's not a bad thing. It means you're struggling. You're fighting. It means, it means faith is trying to develop within you. 
Can these dry bones live? Is it possible, Ezekiel, after you have walked all around them and I have caused you to see them, millions of bones? It's a confrontation on the inside. The confrontation led to a dependency. Lord, only you know. Lord, at your word, I'll do it. I'll cast the net at your word. I'll do it, God. Led to a dependency. Lord, I'm leaning in to you. The revelation and the dependency led to a proclamation. A proclamation. Ezekiel spoke to the dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. You see, when you have a vision from the Lord, when you have a vision from the Lord, you will have something to say. John on the Isle of Patmos was led by the Spirit on the Lord's day. And he saw many great and wonderful things. Think about that. He's a prisoner on Patmos. And the heavens are opened up before him. He saw the one that had the voice of many waters. He saw all these things that were going to happen. And you know what? He was separated. He had a revelation. And you know what happened? He had a proclamation. You know what the proclamation was? It's the last book of the Bible. He had something to say because he was separated and he was in a valley. He was in a low place and he received the word of the Lord. Matthew 10, 27 says, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. What you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. What I tell you in the dark, it was in a valley that Ezekiel received his revelation. He didn't receive it in the temple. He received it in a valley. Revelation comes in the valley. That's where the rose of Sharon presides. That's where the lily of the valley presides in the valley. Ezekiel, he then moved from proclamation to expectation. We must speak to dry bones and we must expect that they're going to live. It's one thing to stand up and to preach a message. It's another thing, it's one thing to preach, to, to speak over a situation, but it's another thing to stand over that situation. I'm expecting, I'm expecting this seed to take root. I'm standing here. I have resolve. I will not move until I see something. Well, that's taking it to another level. Anybody can be an orator. Anybody can speak. Anybody can do those things. But where's the man? Where's the woman that's going to stand? I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Let me give you an illustration. Matthew 17, 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will what? You will say, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there. Jesus was being specific. Stand up to whatever it is you're trusting God for. Stand up right next to it and speak to it. Speak to it. Jesus didn't say pray over your mountain. Listen. He didn't say pray. Oh, Father, I pray this mountain to be moved. No, he said speak to it. I think where we have failed as Christians before is, is we get praying and speaking mixed up. 
God says, speak to it. Speak to it. Don't pray over it. Speak to it. I've, I've, had, I've had grown men on the ground foaming out of the mouth and, and four or five other men holding them down and demons speaking out of their mouth. I didn't, I didn't pray over that person. I said, in the name of Jesus, I command you. I command you, you evil spirit. I command you hatred. I command you murder. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. You've got to speak to it. The difference from speaking and praying. You know how to speak when you know how to pray. You learn how to speak from praying and connecting with the Father. Speak to it. Prophesy, proclaim, speak to the dry bones and expect them bones to start popping together. Speak to your mountain. Have expectation. Jesus taught us. He said, ask and you shall expect to receive. He said, seek and you shall expect to find it get your broom out light a lamp and sweep it and find your lost coin be proactive like the woman did she was searching be like the one that left the 99 and went and he found that one lost one be proactive move seek for it seek for it Jesus said knock a lot of times we knock nobody there well, move on. I don't guess Jesus heard me. You know what Jesus expects? I know the answer's on the other side, and I'm standing here till I get it. Jesus wants us to be persistent. Expect. Come on, church. Expect the Lord to do something. Expect it. Now, let's move on to point number six. That was all a recap with a bunch of added on stuff. Ezekiel 37. Now into tonight's message. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded and I prophesied there was a noise. And suddenly, suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone. Indeed as I looked the sinews of the flesh came upon them and the skin was covered, covered them over. But look at that, those last five words was no breath in them there was no breath there was a body but there was no breath Ezekiel spoke and as, as, as he was commanded and as he spoke he expected movement and there was movement and there was a noise there was a rattling bones began to, to snap together skin covered the bones there was a heart there was flesh there was skin, there was hair, there was a respiratory system, there was a nervous system, there was an immune system. All the systems were in place. There was fingers, there was toes, there was a nose, there was ears, eyes. Everything was, was put together perfectly. It's a picture-perfect picture of Genesis 2-7. There's two dimensions to Genesis 2-7. There's two parts and they go hand in hand. The first one is this, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground. There was creation and there was formation. It was done. There was a body, creation, formation, but there was no breath. There was no life. There was no 
There was none of this. It just laid there. And then God stood over it. And Adam, and Adam said, <gasps> start breathing. Second dimension. Creation, formation. And then there was life. Then God breathed life into it. Here is the point. God formed man from the dust of the earth, but there was no breath, no life until he breathed into the nostrils of man. In Ezekiel, there was an exceedingly great army. The bones were perfectly organized as they looked like a perfect army. But there was no life, no life. Listen, we have been satisfied with church. We've been satisfied with religion. We've been satisfied. We've been programmed. We've been satisfied with our walk with God. Our walk with God is perfectly organized, but yet it has no power. Has no power. We, 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 we look the part. We look the part, but are we experiencing the part? We read about miracles, but we never step into miracles. We read about power, but we never experience the power. We read about intimacy, but we never have intimacy. We read about things, and we, and we stop right there, and we say, I've done my duty. I've, I've read the word. I've prayed, and now I'm going to go do my life. But God wants to do something more. God doesn't just want a form or an appearance of godliness. He wants to breathe power. He wants to breathe life into you, what he did to Moses he wants to do to you what he did through Joshua and David he wants to do to you are you experiencing what you're reading are you living out what you're praying are you proclaiming and expecting 2 Timothy 3.1 this fits today by this but, but know this that in the last days perilous times will come verse 2 for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiven, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. You mean you can walk into the house and you can have an appearance that you're right? An appearance, form, the word form means appearance. You can appear to be Christ-like, but there's a void of power on the inside of you. Ezekiel stood in the valley of dry bones, and he saw a form. He saw a form, but he didn't see any power in those bodies. They just laid there. Church people were good about form. Preachers are good about form. Christians are good about form. 
We're good about making the church look good, but does the church have power? Does it have power? Don't just have a form or an appearance of godliness. Don't become satisfied with a prayer life that's halfway answered. This army was still dead. There was still a lot of bodies, but there was no life. There was a rattling of bones. There was a noise. There was a noise in the valley. We have been satisfied with noise. We can make noise. We can, we can rattle. We can shake. We can make noise. Just because you make noise doesn't mean that you have power. I can go in the nursery and I can hear a lot of noise. Don't become satisfied with noise. You can have noise and no power. Moses came down from the mountain carrying what? Ten Commandments. He heard a noise in the valley. Joshua said, it's a sound of war. Moses, no, it's, a, it's, it's, it's noise of disobedience. Oh, they were down there. They were having church all right around a golden calf. It's noise. It's noise. The army had noise but no life. This is where I believe we're at on our season with God, the calendar with God right now. I believe when 2020 started, God was saying, you've had good form. You've had good form. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow some things to happen in 2020 that's going to cause you to realize you need something more than form. You need power. So point number six, after expectation, is this, intercession. Intercession. Ezekiel 37, 9. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Look at this. It's the second time he prophesies. Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as commanded, as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. And Ezekiel 37 7. Ezekiel prophesied for the first time and the bones became a body, but there was no breath. He spoke to bones. Ezekiel proclaimed and had expectation, but there was no breath. Here we are, these two verses. So what I want you to notice, Ezekiel did not prophesy to the bones. He didn't speak to the bones. He spoke to the four winds. He turned his attention away from that which was slain into another direction. He prophesied to the winds. Look at verse 9. O breath, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. You know what this is? This is a picture of intercession. It's a picture of intercession. Oh God, send life into these that are slain. God, I'm turning my, my attention to you. 
I'm I'm believing. You see, you said you can have proclamation, you can have expectation, but expectation without intercession is a cloud without water. Ezekiel is speaking to the four winds. He's asking for life to fill this exceedingly great army. Ezekiel did not have a solution to the lifeless bodies. He was bankrupt. He was bankrupt. I don't have anything. You see, we need anguish on the inside of our hearts in our prayer life that creates a bankruptcy on the inside. We need to be bankrupt on the inside. When we look at America, when we look at the things that are going on, we need to be bankrupt on the inside. We need to say, God, I I don't have it. And we need to turn to the four winds. We need to look away from that which is dead and look to the one that has a life. We need anguish on the inside. And that's what I believe God is birthing in in, in so many of the saints in the church now is, Lord, I'm bankrupt. I have anguish. See, that's what turns us to heaven. That's That's what heaven is looking for. Somebody that says, only you know, Lord. Only you know if these bones can live. The four winds is a picture of the Holy Spirit. The four winds, north, east, south, and west, means that these winds are blowing in four different directions. It was an upper room where there was the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It was in that moment the church was empowered and and took off. We need intercession. We need to realize we have a form. Oh, we need need something else. We need to speak to the four winds. We need intercession, proclamation, expectation, and intercession. Intercede as you're waiting. Point number seven, transformation. Transformation. Ezekiel 37.10 says this. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. They stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. They didn't live until breath came into them. It says they lived. This is transformation. Something that was dead is now alive. Listen, that's the power of the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the message that we bring. We bring a message of transformation. The church's favorite word should be transformation. Through the blood of Jesus, sinners can be saved. Through the blood of Jesus, Samaritans can leave their water pot at the well and run into the city and say, I want to tell you about a man who told me everything I've ever done. It's transformation. That's what we should be seeking to see. The good news, people getting set free. This army stood up, stood up into a great army, was transformed. Prodigal son was transformed, came out of the hog pen into the embrace of the father's arms. Saul was transformed on the road to Damascus. He was changed forever. And he wrote the epistles and planted churches. Peter 
was transformed when the Holy Spirit fell upon him. He went from a coward to a brave, mighty soldier who spoke boldness. That's transformation. His army was transformed with the breath of the four winds. Look at verse 11 and 12. Almost done. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Indeed, they say our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Verse 12. He prophesies for the third time. For the third time. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. God has done that. He did it in 1948. He, he, he brought that nation together. And I could, I could, I could take another road and, and talk about that, but I'm going to keep it on course right here to finish this up tonight. Prophesy, he said, prophesy to the people and say, I will open your graves and bring you in. He was saying, I'm going to open some things up and then I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to dislodge you from where you're at and I'm going to open up a door and I'm going to cause you to come in. Think about that for a moment. Ezekiel prophesied three times. Number one, he spoke to bones and there was creation and formation. But no life. God formed Adam, but there was no life. Number two, Ezekiel prophesied to the winds to come and give life to that which was slain. God breathed into Adam and he had life. Number three, Ezekiel prophesied. He said, graves be opened. Doors open up and you will turn into the land. Formation, regeneration of life and purpose. Bringing you up and bringing you in. Purpose. Formation, regeneration, purpose. Ezekiel prophesied in three different lanes and they became a great army. Let me close with this verse. Makes me think of, of this story when Lazarus was in the tomb and he'd been dead for four days. There was a stench. Mary and Martha had sent for him. Jesus delayed his coming so Lazarus could be good and dead. And he came to the tomb, and Jesus said, roll away the stone. And, and the sister said, Lord, there's a stench by now. It's the fourth day. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. And when he had come, who had, and, and he who had died came out. Go back to verse 43. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Next verse. And he who had 
what? Died, came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. It makes me think this moment in the New Testament makes me think of the moment in the Old Testament where there was bodies in the valley, but there was no life. And Ezekiel prophesied to the four winds, and think about that valley. <sighs> Swept through that whole valley, and those men just stood up. Could you imagine a million men just hearing that sound? And they stood up. They stood up. They stood up. They have life. But then Ezekiel prophesied the third time. And what did he say? He prophesied to the grave. He spoke to the grave clothes. He said, you're going to come up out of the grave. Yeah, you have form. Yeah, you have life. But not only that, you're coming up out of the grave. I'm bringing you up, and I'm going to cause you to go in. What did Jesus say to Lazarus after he gave breath back to him? He said, he said, I will, he, he said, uh, yes. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, what? Loose him. Loose him. Let him go. Loose him. And let him go. Whatever it is you're trusting God for, whatever it is you're believing God for, remember this journey that Ezekiel was on. Separation, revelation, confrontation, proclamation, expectation, intercession, transformation. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. God is in the business of transformation. Don't give up. Don't give up. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that, that we can come up out of the grave, Lord. We thank you that you're rattling bones, Lord, and we're going to stand and we're going to believe for a, a greater move of God, Lord. And we thank you for life. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. I pray blessing over your people tonight. We give you praise and honor, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.